The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aid, and this is Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast. Hi guys, welcome to another episode. It is a Married at First Sight, season 17, episode 17. Hey, Dora the Explorer, how are ya? (laughs) (laughs) I'm great, I'm great. As you know, I just got off a plane and I was counting and I was like, over the past five weeks, I've been gone for three um, and of the next two weeks, I'll be gone for one. So that's my life. We should probably do a section. Like every time, you know, we have one of our late recordings when you travel, like state your city and state where you travel to. I Just went to Detroit, me. Michigan. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> but anyways, welcome back. So glad to have an episode. Um, hope you're doing good. I am well. How are you? I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. Okay. Um, any housekeeping to share with the people? Um, I, I would like to announce that we will have an on-time episode this week. So <laughs> this is our late episode. We'll have an on-time episode. And then we will have Love is Blind on Patreon this week. No after party on Patreon because we are having uh, coverage of the first six episodes of Love is Blind season six, which has you been know- a delight to watch. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad we're back. Like, we're back. But we're going to talk about that when we record the um, episodes. But has it always been six episodes the first drop? I, I could not. I cannot recall. <laughs> I, could not, I could not recall myself. But anyways, it's it, it's a great thing. But yes, you guys, look out for it. If you're not part of our Patreon yet, it is www.patreon.com slash M-A-F-S. All right, Tane, what's happening with all the other people who have been on Married at First Sight before? All right, what is happening? Um, Amani and Woody are celebrating their four-year anniversary. Yay! Where does the time go? (laughs) It does, and they're the only ones that survived that season. And in some funny way, I kind of also always think, like, it's our anniversary, too, because, again, that was the first season that we covered, New Orleans was when we covered but it's so funny we don't track when we started how many episodes or all that so whenever they celebrate anniversary i'm like oh yay ours too so it's been four years since we started so agreed sometimes i'm like how many episodes have we done i don't know yeah if we have an official start date it's sort of july 4th weekend every year because that's when the show would premiere would be like the week of july 4th but we don't celebrate it because we can never figure out what the exact day is. And I guess we're not bothered. <laughs> but yeah, congratulations to them. Like it's so, it's just such a delight to see them. And now they have two kids and they're still in love with each other. So it's nice. Like it just reminds you like, again, I know we say this, but even last season, there was a successful couple. So, I mean, maths is still churning out couples. It just seems so bleak these days. That's all. <laughs> Um, 
Alexis from the San Francisco season is in Japan. I think just for, for fun. For fun? Yeah, just for fun. Okay, that's good. So, yeah, looks like she's having a blast. Um, Nicole and Chris went to visit Shaq in Austin, which is just nice. They've just, you know, all remained tight and remained friends generally off camera. So that was nice. Um, speaking of friendships, um, Courtney from season one, who also just had her second child, was helping um, give Danielle from the Dallas season, who just had her third child. So Danielle is having a hard time producing breast milk, and Courtney just, she posted a picture of her shipping out breast milk to Danielle. And I was like, you know, that's a good thing about the Mass family. They may not work out, and some do work out, but they're friends' friends at the end of it all. That is very sweet. Very sweet. Jasmine from ten, the Nashville season has started a career as an esthetician. So That's congratulations cool. to her. But I'm just like, how does she have all the energy? Because during her season, she had a lot of jobs and she's just added one more to her. So kudos to her because all I want to do is lay down and watch TV. So if you're in the area, go support her. It's in Murfreesboro, I think she said it is. So congratulations to her. Um, and all her castmates were also supportive. They're like, oh, I'm coming in there. I'm going to get a facial and all that good stuff. Um, Jamie from season one is back to her antics. I guess they're resurrecting their podcast. And then she said that she has a big surprise. She's not going to tell us what it is. There's going to be this big lead up. And now it's going to be announced on the 19th. But they're going to tell us on their YouTube first. It's not what we think it is. So... I guess it's not a kid. Then she posted a snippet of, she said they told the kids first. Then they told, she posted a video of them telling Doug's mom. And she was just like, oh, cool. But I have no idea what it could be. But uh, yeah. For those who care. I know you don't care, Aid. But what if they're moving again? That was my thought. Is that they're moving again. But for me, I just never understand if you have a surprise, announce the surprise, but don't make this whole whoop-de-doo about it because more than likely it's not going to match whatever it is you're going to announce. Jamie is a full-time influencer. Mm, I guess. That is all they do is their surprises and their big announcements. Mm. Well, um, not in... Maps news, but kind of maps news. Shout out to our listener, Judith, who brought to our attention that Pastor Cal was a guest on Rachel Raquel from Vanderpump Rules podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, what in the crossover? What? How did this happen? And of course, you I listened, so you don't have to. I mean, I listened to almost all of it, to be honest. I only had like five minutes left, and I, I don't know why I stopped. I just... I don't know how you guys who listen to her podcast listen to Rachel's um, voice completely. Although, I mean, some could probably say the same thing about listening to me. But she, if you watch Vanderpump Rules, you know that she, her voice is just, it's not, I, I don't know. She just always seems like she's about to cry. And it was just such an interesting conversation because he was talking to her about love bombing. 
And Rachel explaining the whole scandal to Pastor Cal, who had no idea what it was, was the most hilarious thing to me. She's like, oh, I fell in love but my friend's boyfriend, but he did this. And I mean, he was nice about it, but it, it was it was an interesting conversation. It's just in my in my bingo card, I did not have both people <laughs> ever crossing paths at all. So, but... Thank you for that, Judith. Uh, really appreciated that. I just listened to it and it was very hilarious and brightened my day. Um, and finally, Maps fan posted like the upcoming Maps episodes, and it looks like we still have a lot in stock to watch. And it's funny, Aiden and I were talking about it not long ago. Like, what are they gonna do this year? Are they gonna do the whole decision day and then episodes afterwards? So it looks like there's a regular episode this week another regular episode, and then Decision Day is March 6th, and it is round one, because again, we were wondering how they were going to do for the couples, and then Michael and Chloe, then they have two episodes after Decision Day, then there's another episode in the 27th called Second Times the Charm, which seems like that might be Michael and Chloe's Decision Day, but either way, buckle up, guys. It looks like we're in this ride till about April because in all the episodes that Mash Fan listed, the reunion is not on there. And you know there's going to be a part one, part two, part three. So, um, yeah. I'm just going to put some... I'm not going to call it hope, but I just don't see any reason for more than a two-part reunion. So I'm just going to put out there that I think the reunion will be no more than two parts. I mean, here's hoping... But you know, one thing Lifetime is going to do, they're going to milk the shit out of maths. So, And that leads us to our next topic. So Beck asked for a report on Married at First Sight ratings. It doesn't matter what's going on. Married at First Sight is Lifetime's number one show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, After Party is number four. Oh. Teresa Caputo is much more popular than I expected at number three. And their movies are number two. And I probably didn't do that in the greatest order for you to understand what's going on. But let's just say that the Married at First Sight property is Lifetime's number one rated show, which is why I don't think it's going anywhere. Um, <laughs> and while the ratings definitely seem to have dropped a little bit in that very important 18 to 49 category... There, there's not by much, and they're basically uh, holding steady from last season. So, yeah. Where does oh? Did you see anything under Prison Bride? Prison Brides is currently number five, right after After Party, um, of Lifetime shows when it comes to ratings. Oh, that's interesting. But Prison Brides, on average loses about two-thirds of the Married at First Sight audience. So as a lead-in, I, I don't know if getting capturing two-thirds of the lead-in's audience is a good lead-in or not. And also, I think I'd like to know, for any of you out there listening and who watch Prison Brides, I'd like to know how much of it is working on you guys. Like, what do you think of the show? And do you watch just because it comes on After Maths and you're waiting for After Party? Like, did it work? I want to know. I know I, I, a friend of mine was like, she watches Prison Brides now. And I was like, you do? Because I just thought no one would be interested in it, you know? If I if I had a life where I had time to pick up new TV shows, maybe I would. The idea of like the 90 Day Fiance crossover with Love After Lockup 
Because that's basically what I think they were aiming for. A 90 Day Fiance has a hold on me. So I should at least give Prison Brides a try. But that's not happening. Um, After Married at First Sight, my number one priority for TV watching when I get home is Traitors. (laughs) That's a good call. I just have no desire to watch Prison Brides. And I'm a fan of Love After Lockup. And 90 Day Fiance has kind of lost me. But interesting. Um, but I think Beck also asked a question was like, um, she thought it it seems strange that Kinetic would okay Love is Blind dropping on Wednesdays, which is the same day that Maps airs live. So for me, I don't think it matters at all. For one, Lifetime is on regular cable. Netflix is a streaming channel. It's always been Wednesdays. Maps has always been on Wednesdays. Netflix, when they drop their, what am I going to call it? Even the ultimatum. Um, Love is Blind, the new show earlier in January, The Trust, it's always on Wednesdays. That's just their dedicated days that they drop whatever kind of shows that they do, the block of episodes. So, And because they're not competing in any way, I don't think it really mattered or had anything or Kinetic was thinking, oh, it's going to compete against um, that. One is it in a binge format, one is DVR live. So I don't think in any way at all that it mattered or had any connection to dropping on the same day it's just always traditionally i think maybe when love is blind dropped maybe there were no maps episodes but i think there were because if it's january um usually there's a season going on so i think it's always been that way actually so in the beginning though love is blind was back then netflix dropped things all at once um but now in the preceding like the past four years it's been now Netflix does the slow drip where they do a few episodes at a time. But Netflix time has always been Valentine's Day. I feel like they always drop a season of Love is Blind on Valentine's Day and then Valentine's Day just happened to fall on a Wednesday this year. And that's how we have them both coming out on the same day. Really? I don't know. That's my guess. No. Because oh, it's like, almost- last season it was like out on Fridays. Um... Okay, I because I don't trust my memory, but their 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 day to drop shows like that is Wednesdays. The Circle, hmm. the Trust, Ultimatum, all that stuff. It's always Wednesdays. Now their new series and movies and stuff. It's now between Thursdays and Fridays. So yeah, but yeah, those are my thoughts on that. Any other thoughts? Mm, no. All right, guys. We'll be right back. They say time waits for no one, and neither should payday. To keep your money moving in the direction of your dreams, get Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. You can use the money you get from Earnin to make sure you have your spending money ready for your fun spring break trips to the beach. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earn In today. That's spelled E A R N I N 
in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Alto Call on the podcast because when you sign up, it'll really help the show. That's Alto Call on the podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max, see earning.com slash TOS for details. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. If you're like me and looking to cut back on alcohol this year, Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. They've recreated the cocktails you know and love, like a lime margarita and a grapefruit paloma, which happens to be my favorite, so you can enjoy the flavors and feelings of those cocktails without the booze. Zero proof, zero compromise. Listeners can get 15% off the Recess Mocktail Sampler at takearecess.com slash MAFS. Each can of Recess is a lightly sparkling mocktail made with real fruit and only 25 calories or less. It's a guilt-free way to unwind. They taste just like your favorite cocktails, without the alcohol. Whether you're relaxing after work or hanging out with friends, make Recess Mocktails your drink between drinks or your forever mocktail. Get 15% off Recess Mocktails now at takearecess.com slash altercallmafs. That's A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. So you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. And we are back to start the show with much drama. I said drama because the music, not because of actually what was happening on the screen. <laughs> Which was dramatic because we're in the hospital. Emily's lying there. She does not look good at all. And Brennan tells us that they got to the hospital and the doctor confirmed that she doesn't have a concussion. Which on one hand, you're like, great, she doesn't have a concussion. She still looks pretty banged up. Yeah. They explained that she's getting stitches. And then, like, Brennan calls Claire, who's sitting at a table with Austin and Lauren. Um, and they explained, which we didn't know before, um, that the branch went under the helmet. And that's, like, what caused her head to bleed so much. Um, Claire asked to talk to her. And she says she's just going to cry. The whole thing is actually pretty sad. And Brennan reassures her that she's going to be okay. Um, and yeah, every, now people know like what happened because Brennan explained like what happened and they're all pretty sad and, and feeling for her. I, I can't reiterate how much we're so glad that Emily's okay. Guys, there was so much blood in her hair that her hair looked like she dyed it pink. Like that's how much it was. Like the more you just look at it and just how 
but what later when we see the stitches, when we see the gash and everything, it's just like, man, thank God she's okay. Very, it's 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 difficult to look at her like not because she looks so bad, but just because part of you was like, why are you on our TVs? Like I was thinking to myself, they clearly have a film crew. They're not selfie filming when they're in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, the hospital let you bring in a film, like a cameraman? Like, that's crazy to me. Like, it wasn't a planned thing. They came there in an emergency. (laughs) So Chloe and Michael are packing to go to the retreat. She says that she can't wait to see what the other couples are going to say about the skirt that he's wearing. He jokes about how maybe another guy is wearing a skirt. And Chloe says she'll bet every last dime of the Powerball that she doesn't have to worry about that. Interesting choice of words, by the way, worry about that. I don't know. I just, we got a couple of those that I was just wondering if this was the start of passive digs at him wearing skirts because I was over it. Like the first time is a joke, the second time, the third time. And like you said, that was an interesting choice of words. But I mean, I think Keisha did ask Chloe about it on After Party. And I feel like she was backpedaling a little bit. She's like, oh, I've just never been with a man in a skirt. And it's a man's skirt. And those exist. They make those. And it's beautiful. And he's living his best life. And I love that. I'm like, that's not what you said. That's not what you're giving us on the show. Like this whole conversation, are they joking? He doesn't seem upset. Mm -hmm. Uh, But her vibe is, I don't want to say rude, but definitely disdainful is that the right word i think that's a strong word but it just seems like it's it's an annoyance for her but she's passive aggressive about it Mm -hmm. and because he michael is being michael he's just like oh it's all fun and he's not being offended so it's not being a big deal i think part of the reason why he's not offended is because he is pretty secure in himself as he should be (laughs) as he should be but i think that's why i don't think he's even reacting or recognizing her digs as digs. Yeah. Agreed. Anyways, so we go back to Von Miller's house. Becca is sick. She has a stomach bug. Um, Austin brings her some toast in bed. (laughs) (laughs) When Austin tells us that Becca is sick, I was just like, Austin, you just know Austin's like, yes. I have an excuse now, a valid excuse. I don't have to worry about intimacy today. <laughs> At this point, we are like 15 days from decision day, but Austin is telling us that it sucks that she's sick because they wanted to put a little more effort into their physical connection tonight. And it sounds like he's saying, well, we would have had sex, but for the fact that she's sick and no one, not one single person on this earth believes that to be true. I mean, he said that about Friday. He said that last week. He said that two weeks ago. He said that during intimacy week. Like, we don't believe you, bro. So back to Emily and Brennan. She says that she you can learn a lot about the, yourself from this. She learned that she bleeds a lot. And he tells her that she did so good. She breathed the whole time. She remained calm. And she says it can put stuff into perspective. Every time they start going down this road, I'm like, what are you doing? So Brennan is like, (laughs) Brennan is like, oh, the gash is like four and a half inches. She'll probably need plastic surgery. It's a huge sigh of relief for him because, um, you know, she's okay. 
But he says that he's, she start, huh, he starts talking about their bond. There's a bond. They're meant to be in each other's lives. Once again, you have to pay attention to the word choice. This man did not say we were meant to be married. He's doing a Claire, you know? <laughs> <laughs> All these words that describe being friends or being connected or being whatever because it's like bad thing has happened. But none of those words include being married. Yep. Correct. As a sidebar, though, I think Brennan looked really cute with a beanie on. It added a little something-something to him. <laughs> Just a sidebar. Okay. It didn't hurt. It didn't hurt. I'll give you that. So Michael and Chloe arrive at the house. They meet Austin, I guess, for the first time because he wasn't at the wedding. But you can tell how down like the group is in terms of numbers because Becca's sick. Brennan and Emily are still at the hospital. So she gets Claire, Orion, and Austin. Um, those are the people who are around to greet Michael. We've got no Cameron. Um, in an interview, Claire says that Michael and Chloe were cute at the wedding, but weddings aren't a good reflection of what the relationship could be. Because she knows. <laughs> Orion asks how the honeymoon was, and Chloe says they went very deep. And he touched her soul. And I was like, oh. And then Austin tells them, like, oh, Becca's not feeling well. And Lauren tells them about um, Emily's ATV accident. So something you said, Tane, last week about these retreats is how they should get a chef. And apparently they were listening because they got a (laughs) chef. And I actually wondered if this was, although Austin's friend was female, because Austin mentioned that his friend was a chef for the football player whose house this is. But anyway, we have Spencer the chef. That's great. Um, Claire says that their planned thing for the evening was that you were going to dress like your partner. Chloe's like, you know how close to the truth that is? Something to that effect. This is another jokey dig. Yeah. It is another jokey dig. But I think in the grand scheme of things, it's easy. Like, they wouldn't know that she's been making comments like that. So it's easy to slide through. Um, to the team. I do think that it would have been a fun theme to see play out because when Kristen did it for Mitch, it was funny. So this would have been um, very interesting to see play out. I love how this retreat really has fallen to pieces with everything (laughs) that's going on. (laughs) Thank God they got a nice house. So if nothing else, they're in a nice house. (laughs) Orion talks about how Austin basically got drunk the night before and him talking to himself and like everybody chimes in with their own experience of Austin being really drunk the night before. Chloe talks about how nice it is to be together with all the other couples. Then she talks about how you can't prepare for marrying someone at first sight. And Michael says that they're aligned on values and like they have so much in common and this will be so much harder if they weren't. Lauren starts, you know, subtweeting um, Orion, talking about how you have to give each other grace and you have to recognize that you're strangers who don't know each other. <laughs> the camera guy <laughs> was picking up what she was putting down. The camera definitely pans to Orion as Lauren was talking. <laughs> so Michael turns the table on them and is like, so how's it going with you guys? Orion tells us that they lasted 10 days, which I'm glad to get that number because I think this whole time I thought it was five days. I didn't realize it was 10 whole days. Mm. 
Although I think he quit earlier than that. Maybe officially when they came back and he said, I don't want to, I want to have a divorce. But he he definitely quit at, during the honeymoon, right? Yes. Yeah. So I thought between the wedding and the honeymoon was no more than six days, maybe five. But yeah. apparently wedding plus honeymoon is 10 days. He does his thing where he talks about how he wants to find common ground with Lauren, blah, blah, blah. In an interview, Lauren is like, yeah, he doesn't talk to me in between filming. Um, <laughs> last night, they hung out without the cameras, the whole group, and there was no bringing up, like, I want to have a conversation with you. He's a fraud. Every time Orion speaks, I am filled with rage. <laughs> I just feel like he doesn't read the room, and whatever he's saying is just like, wah, wah, wah. I don't know why he and Lauren are there, and they don't, they just brought their attention with them, if you will. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. if they if they weren't there, what would they have had? I know, right? Then the the I don't even know what to call these people: the leftovers, the remainders, the last ones left standing. They play this game where they have to. This is the first maths game that looks somewhat enjoyable, where you had to write things about yourself and then put them in the jar, then pick them out of the jar, then read them, then try to guess who it was. the The main interesting thing out of that was. I kept on getting confused by this story. I thought she jumped the Jägermeister on Benji from Good Charlotte, but she dumped it on herself in front of Benji from Good Charlotte. But then she said she was at a party at NSYNC. And in after party, we learned that the party was at Chris Kirkpatrick's house. Um, and for some reason, Michael seems like really impressed or like fascinated with the idea that she was like hanging out with boy bands in her youth. I I don't know how I felt about this scene because <laughs> I'm like, when she first said it, and you're right, I was under the impression that she dumped the Jägermeister on him. Then an after party, she said it was on herself. And then I'm like, if you, I think Austin asked the right follow-up questions because I would ask the same thing. Why were you with good Charlotte? How did you end up there? How did you end up in Sing's house? And I'm like, tell the full story, Chloe. Chloe, that's what we really care about. So, but I, most importantly, do you believe the story? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I never know how to read what comes out of Chloe's mouth. So when she, when she told the story in After Party, I think I could be like, oh, okay, this makes sense. But when she was telling them, I was like, is she saying this to sound cool? Or did this really, is this an embellished story? That's what I couldn't decipher. Maybe because I'm similar in that if I have a celebrity encounter, everybody's going to have to hear about it for the rest of my life. Um. (laughs) (laughs) I just think like there probably has to be something more embarrassing, but maybe because this had a celebrity stuff to it, it's kind of like a humble brag. Like, well... I hung out with this. But I'm sorry, this game had a lot of highlights for me. <laughs> Besides <laughs> that, um, I think somebody's um, thing was I had an afro. And I mm-hmm. think someone said, I think someone guessed Michael or whatever. And I think Michael was like, I mean, there's only so many options. And that just made me laugh. Like, it's either it's Lauren or it's him. Like, it was <laughs> That's so funny because I, Lauren wasn't one of my possibilities. I'm like, does, does Orion hair do that? Like, does Austin's hair, is that curly hair? I, 
that made me laugh. I actually forgot about Lauren. <laughs> so that made me laugh. And then when Austin was like, he open mouth kissed a donkey. That was so gross. Like to me, I'm like, that is not even something I would tell anybody. Like keep some things to yourself. Like you're struggling with the intimacy part, but you're here out here telling us you open mouth kissed a donkey. And I'm like, I don't know if this is too bad to say. Like, does this cross the line to bestiality? I don't know. You can't. I'm taking that out. Okay. All right. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, don't tell us that you open mouth kissed a donkey. Like, we don't need to know. Just keep that to yourself and find something else that's embarrassing. Like, stop. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, and I also wondered, sorry, in this whole thing with Emily, like, did they call Emily's family? Like, they didn't show anything about that, which I thought would have been interesting. Well, not interesting because I'm sure they would have been really freaked out, but more in the dynamic of what is Brennan's dynamic with the friends and the family. Like, did he call a friend to tell the family? Is he, like, have any relationship with her family? And did he call just to have an idea of where the relationship stands? Because, I mean, their friends and family are part of the whole journey. So I just thought that was an interesting choice not to include that in this whole thing. I am hoping that as part of our discussions next week, that some of that comes up because I expect her to have conversation with friends and I expect there to be like a, yeah, when he called us and told us that you fell off the ATV, like I fully expect that to happen. I hope so. I don't know. I don't have confidence in that. They just see, I feel like I have more confidence in them talking about it on after party than on this. Remember it's two separate, completely different shows. They've decided. So, <laughs> so Orion to conclude this this game that they're playing lies and says that all this discussion makes him sit and think about the things that truly matter. I don't know why. And then from I guess things that truly matter, someone, somebody, forced Lauren and Orion to go to the basement and have a conversation. And her premise of this discussion is. You put me on the spot and it doesn't feel real. And she gets upset. She starts crying. I think Orion's thing is that he, because he has been surrounded by women, he knows that if someone starts crying, he's supposed to start apologizing, but he is absolutely full of shit. Cause he's like, Oh, I'm sorry that I made you feel that way. And I'm afraid to say something wrong. That's why I don't reach out to you. Lies. I just, yes. Lies. Like, Nothing that comes out of his mouth is genuine. And this conversation pissed me all the way off because he started with like, I would like us to build a bridge and I miss our connection. You don't get the right to miss your connection. You decided you didn't want it anymore. I want us to be partners. Like, what is this, a law firm? Like everything that comes out of his mouth is just really annoying. And I like that what Lauren said was like, you don't get to do what you wanted for our marriage and then also have the same agency post-marriage. Like I need to have a say in how I want our relationship to be like, just, just go away. It's like a little gnat. And if you were to ask me looking from the outside, y'all should not be having any type of relationship discussions. Nothing. I miss our connection. Ah. <laughs> so, Emily and Brennan, she decided in a previous conversation, he asked her, do you want to go back? She's like, like yes, I want to go back. So she goes, walked into the house and everybody's like, oh gosh, 
like we said earlier, it's bad. You know, I was thinking, how do, because they definitely shaved her head. Yeah. Um, and I was like, how do they shave your head to do the stitches? Like, how? Um, I don't actually want to know the answer, come to think of it, but I was curious. Um, so she sits down at the table and Austin asks what happened. I was like, you divined what happened, Austin. Don't you remember last night you making jokes about how she was probably going to crash? Um, she says that, um, she taught, describes what happened and she says, you know, the whole, um, branch going under the helmet and how important it is to wear helmets, which I appreciate her PSA on that. Um, basically everybody at the hospital was like, your head would have been busted wide open and you might be dead if you had not been wearing a helmet. Um, she said she'd never had a black eye before and she looks like Frankenstein, which she does not look like Frankenstein, but the stitching is very, um, Gnarly. That part looks like Frankenstein. It was very, yeah, gnarly. Wow. So it seemed like it was a pretty short conversation that she had with everybody. But even as she got up to walk away to go to bed, you can still see the blood in her hair. And I was like, isn't it more important that homegirl gets a shower or whatever than talks to all of you? <laughs> Whose idea was that? <laughs> Production? I don't know. But Emily seems game. I mean, the good part is, again, we're going to have answers all next week. Next week on After Party, I'm so excited because I like the mix of guests. It's Becca, finally, Emily, and Michael. So I hope we get good tea. I hope she, if if production, I, I think Emily and I probably have this in common. When things go wrong, we just want to act like everything's fine. And we don't like to really admit weakness. Like, I wouldn't want to go home and be sick either. I'd be like, no, no, let's just resume what we were going to do anyway. I don't want my injury to get in the way of our weekend. Um, but I wish that if if it, if it was the case that production was the one who's like, oh, you got to talk to everybody before you get this blood out of your hair. I hope she calls them out on it on After Party. No, honestly, in that case... I'm kidding when I say production. It just sounds like the kind of thing Emily will want to just push through, like to make sure... Everything is, you know, moving forward as usual. And to reassure everybody else, like, see, I'm okay. Yeah. So Becca is still sticking in bed. She says she was throwing up. Austin slept in another bed. She said it's hell. She says she's the walking dead, but honestly, she doesn't look that bad. Not going to lie. She looks, she looks kind of okay. But then she says, actually, no, M is the walking dead. I'm the walking semi-alive. <laughs> she caught herself <laughs> um, so at some point Emily and Becca probably did see each other but it wasn't on camera um, the girls are doing face masks the guys are playing Texas Hold'em um, Emily does you, join the girls did you do a wink wink when they were playing Texas Hold'em I don't know what that like, means oh Beyonce's new single I was like hey oh. <laughs> <laughs> I actually just listened to a snippet of that song for the first time today because I'm behind the times. Okay. Um, Brennan tells all the guys that Emily's in good spirits and she's been positive. Chloe tells the girls that she and Michael are doing well because he is an easy stranger to marry. He's a good man. He has a good heart and he's hilarious. Michael talks to the guys about wearing her earrings Brennan, actually, I'm glad he asked the question that I had kind of been thinking. So Brennan is like, so when you say you want to wear her earrings, are you joking or are you like for real? And 
Michael's answer is like, well, I'm joking, but I also am like, oh, I'm going to wear those earrings, which I thought was funny-ish. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I don't know. I just, whatever answer he gave is what I already thought. Like, we already know, like, listen, I'm a fan of Michael, but I also say, like, I can see how Michael can be annoying. And Michael is one of those people who just, who lives or thrives for, on shock value. So I think, yeah, he would want to wear the earrings, but if he couldn't, he's not going to throw a tantrum. Like, oh, I can't wear these (laughs) earrings, but they're cute. It would be nice if I could wear them. Um, Chloe is talking to the girls about him being high fashion. First she says it's fun to watch. Then she says, when it's, when it comes to sexual attraction, having that flair, it's a bit of a challenge. Lauren starts talking about triggering. I'm sorry, boys and girls. This is where the therapy words come to a place that is not therapy and then are not used correctly. Aid, I won't. I rewound this scene because I'm like, I must have missed something because what on earth did he do that is, you know, triggering? I mean, she explains like in her past relationships, like that's the word that she's been using. But I did write that. I was like, isn't triggering a strong word? Like, what did he do? (laughs) What exactly is the trigger? Like, I don't even think it applies. If you struggle to be attracted to him because his manner or his clothes are too feminine, that's not a trigger. <laughs> what, what, what? Uh, I don't understand why Lauren introduced the word triggering. I don't know. And also, all Chloe said was that he had a flair and a fashion-forward personality, <laughs> which made me laugh, too. <laughs> oh, Ryan, back to the boys... Um, Orion asks Brennan if this will change things because he knows they've been working on their friendship. So will Emily's accident change things? So Brennan talks and he says, oh, we're giving it our best shot and it's going well. I believe he's referring to the friendship thing. (laughs) (laughs) Because no, this doesn't change things, nor should it. Nor should it. Yeah. I'm glad they're bonding, but it's not going to end up well for anyone if you're staying out of pity. Like, that's not really going to be a, a good thing. <laughs> but I think you're right. Every time someone says something about their relationship, it's not like a romantic relationship. He means a friendship. <laughs> and if and I'll give him this. If anybody asks, he ain't never lie. <laughs> He has proof, evidence, rollback tape. I never said anything differently from what I meant. Sorry to go back to Michael and Chloe. Um, Michael, on the other hand, thinks everything is great. And he's talking about how everything is well, everything's great. But I was confused. Chloe's telling them that she has an issue being attracted, all that stuff. But if I recall, Pastor Cal asked her, is this a problem for you? And she said, no. They asked about the attraction or intimacy. And she said, if it wasn't there on either end, I would not be here. Am I making this up? Isn't that what she said? That's what she said. So what is this thing that she's doing with the girls? And then on after party, she's just like, oh, my man, he's so hot. He's so like, so what? This is my problem with Chloe. I cannot get a read on her. I don't know what is real and what is not. 
want to be a Chloe defender. And I think I only fall there because fall there sometimes because I have optimism. I think Chloe is somewhat attracted to Michael, and I think the feminine style sometimes throws her out of it. So then she has to recalibrate her mind and be like, oh, am I attracted to him? I don't know. Or she's lying. You know, those are our two options. <laughs> I just didn't like that. I'm not saying be dishonest with the girls, but it just seemed like, I don't know if it was like, everybody here is going through rough times. Let me not, let me dim myself a little. And it's like, oh, I don't know. And it just sounded different from everything else she'd been saying. So that was confusing. So Emily's talking to the girls about how she feels about the accident and whatnot. And Brennan being there. And she says he was amazing. And she wouldn't have wanted anyone else there. And she says it brought stuff into perspective. And then she starts crying and all of them gather around her. And it's very sweet. But it's also like, really? Of all the people in your life, that's who you want there? Brennan, who has been an ass to you for like five weeks now? (laughs) That's a husband. (sighs) I'm very worried that in her currently fragile state, she's going to start having like, misperceptions about what this all means. I mean, Cause I think Brennan's it. pretty clear about what he, what it means to him, which is nothing. She's been having this misperceptions even before this happened. So, you know, par for course. So Becca's out of bed. She's excited to be eating toast. Everybody goes outside to do, I thought they were going to do a sound bath, but then it was just yoga. We've got Leslie, the Ebony Yogini and Chaz. And they talk about practicing compassion. Emily and Becca are there. They are not doing yoga. Good for them. Uh, Yeah. So everybody does yoga and talks about compassion and having compassion for yourself and whatnot. Is this the part where Claire mentions that Chloe is wearing glitter and that's a good sign? Because I didn't Maybe. Because I missed that. (laughs) Okay. Because I was going to ask, why is it a good sign? Um, if anybody knows why that was a good sign that she was wearing glitter, I actually would like to know. Do you want to go with theories? I don't know. My first thought was something to do with Michael. And then if it is, I'm going to get pissed off again. So maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it could be something to do with Michael to show that she's willing to be fashion forward. Is glitter fashion forward? Or. <laughs> She's a fun person, and that's why she's wearing glitter, because only fun people wear glitter. I actually believe that to be true. Um, it was just such an offhanded comment that I was just like, no context. Like, what does that mean? Sometimes I feel sorry for Claire, because I do think she talks a whole lot of nonsense. And I don't know if it's that she's nervous, but then she's a therapist. But like I said last week, Claire is afraid of silence. She's one of those people that have to feel the silence and she just keeps going on and on. And it doesn't make sense three quarters of the time. Okay, maybe a quarter of the time. I'll give, yeah, I think about a quarter. About a quarter of the time is partly not making sense. I'm partly like, but Claire, this was a very unnecessary thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we think you're just filling the void because we have no idea why a human would say that in this moment. Should we give grace for editing? Sure, sure. Let's do that. Because I I have to say this every few episodes so people don't get it twisted. I generally like Claire. (laughs) (laughs) 
that way. But I don't have any negative feelings towards her personally. I think a lot. Of, I just a lot of the stuff she says and does confuses me. <laughs> but on that note, you guys, we'll be right back. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Okay, so we're back with Austin and Becca. They are talking about yoga. They're sitting by a fire outside, and Austin is glad that she's feeling better. Austin dangles the cheese again, and he's like, I know this weekend hasn't looked how you wanted it to, and I just wanted to check in with you how it's sitting with you. She says, obviously, nothing intimacy-wise was going to happen last night. In fact, she kicked him out the bed. He says he would like to focus on enjoying the rest of the day together and seeing if they can get back into the headspace and see what happens. She says, you know, yeah, that's cool, but I need some effort and I need some flirting. And he says, yeah. Once again, I'm confused at what the ask is. I know ultimately what she wants is sex, but is she also saying that he's not doing anything else? Because when they're an after party, he keeps insisting that there's makeouts and things and having fun. So again, why I'm excited to have her on After Party next week to know what is the ask? Because one minute is our intimacy is not there. And the next minute is I need effort and I need flirting. But all we see them do on TV is kiss. So what is what is the real ask? I thought Lauren added some interesting flavor. She... <laughs> She in after party she said, This is not a dig at you, Austin. But I do see her flirting with you a lot and you not flirting at all. But there is a lot of kissing, but it's not the same in both of y'all's minds. He thinks, Uh Oh, I'm kissing, I'm being affectionate. But she's more asking for like actual flirting. At least that's the way I understood it. Okay. Okay. Um, so Orion and Lauren are talking again. I am sick of them, but here we are. Another conversation. And honestly, Lauren must be exhausted because she just had a game face on this whole time. And he continues by saying, thank, he thanks her for bringing the yogi. She says her emotions towards him are open to being open, but she doesn't know how to navigate divorce and what it looks like. She says she doesn't know how much of him she can receive at this time. She says, like, you know, they're good at being civil in group settings, but with genuine friendship, she doesn't know how much value it would bring in them having a friendship. And I'm like, why is she being nice about this? Like, just be upfront and say it directly. She says she wants intentional and valuable friendship, and she's just not there yet. She says three, four weeks ago, she was holding out on love, and she didn't expect it to feel like a real breakup because they just met, but it did. That back then... Whatever he was saying to her now would have been good, but and now she's just like, damn, where was this three, four weeks ago? It was nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> he says that's understandable. 
He says, do you want to check in in a week? She's like, oh, don't worry about it. Like, let me drive that. Let me, oh, it's eggshells. They're just stepping, <laughs> tiptoeing. Like, let's not even have a conversation at all. But also, Orion, again, does not know how to read a room. She just said, you add no value to her life. I don't want to be your friend. And this makes no sense. And you're like, should I check back in a week to see if you want to be friends? Go away. If she does, she'll text you. I just don't um, understand this. There are people who have been on actual dates, multiple dates together, dated for some time. They make choices about whether to be friends. You guys were married for 10 days. Why do you need to be friends? I'm so confused. Well, go ask Claire that. Usually the people who do the dumping usually want to be friends so that they feel like, okay, whatever happened was not that was not that bad, sorry. So it helps with their guilt. Um, the group go on a group outing and they go to Ninja Nation. And it's just a whole bunch of competitive athletic thingies. And they had this one thing where they had to run all the way to the top. Brennan and Mike have like a low-key competitive streak going. Uh, oh, they had like a thing like they had to go through obstacles, but in the... Not in the sky, but in the air, <laughs> kind of. It's, it's Ninja Warrior stuff. Yeah, I feel Ninja like Warrior everything just, Have you ever watched an episode of Ninja Warrior? Yeah, I have. But their okay. obstacles are kind of like with their legs and with the big things that pull them down. But this one was like up, like monkey bars. So that's why I didn't know how to like describe it. They were doing all that stuff in there but brennan falls at the first level michael makes it all the way to the end um chloe says he's crushing it and she's super turned on they had another thing where they had to run up and climb up to a thing brennan fails again and michael makes it all the way and chloe says she's loving him crushing it that he leans into his feminine side but he's killing it I will not comment on this, but okay. <laughs> I mean, um, an after party, Austin just say that there was something he did to the end and someone else did something. Chloe did beat Michael at something, but they just didn't show it. So I guess they were trying to show a juxtaposition of Michael crushing it and her being conflicted about this feminine side. And not to get anybody confused, I can understand how it's different if you're dating a man who's into wearing pearls, wearing hoop earrings and skirts and things like that. And especially if you've never done it before, like I understand if it's like a little, it takes a little adjustment, but Pascal gave her the floor to say what she needed to say. And it's just the continuous passive aggressive jabs are just getting old. <laughs> um, I wish for her, I wish that she would either... And I think she's in the process of deciding whether or not she's attracted to Michael. And I understand that. But like you said, the only issue I have with Chloe is the is the jabs. It's not the whether or not she's attracted to him. My issue with her is the jabs and the inconsistency in what she says. One minute she is attracted to him, the next minute she's not. Because remember, Michael told us in after party that it's there, they walk around naked. They're very comfortable with each other. She told Pascal, like, oh, yeah, I'm attracted to him. If I wasn't, I wouldn't be here. Then she's going back and forth now. Then he does the ninja. I'm attracted to him. So I don't know. And then after party, she's like, I am attracted to him. 
But in confessional, she's like, I don't know. This might be too much for me. So I don't know where she stands. So those are my two gripes with her. Um, they have a group talk on how Michael crushed it. Brennan talks about how it's ironic how something traumatic brought him and Emily closer and wish they went about it in a different way. Um, I will note that Brennan does call Emily M. I don't think that means anything because we all have nicknames for our friends, but just wanted to note. <laughs> Becca also called her M earlier in the episode. <laughs> okay, that's making my point. Um, Austin says that, you know, they had hiccups, but he just needs to up his romance game. Once again, Brennan and Emily should just take this for what it is. I've seen this happen in real life where someone stayed with someone because of, you know, something traumatic that happened to them. And they just ended up in a relationship that lasted way longer than it should have. Because you're just like, oh, I don't want to be that terrible person who left someone during this time. And then it's like, there's never a good time to just bow out. Um, Michael is taking a bath, just chilling in the bath. And Chloe comes in and they talk about the ninja stuff. Michael makes a joke about how, yeah, he can crush it, but they don't know that this is what the old people have to do after crushing it (laughs) 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 to get back to functioning um, normally. So Chloe asks how he feels about the retreat. He says it was nice and he's surprised, but not shocked at their challenges. She said she was surprised at how many journeys had essentially failed. And the one thing she took from everybody is how well she and Michael have been able to communicate. Um, They say that the one thing that has broken people apart has been their lack of communication. And they have done a good job leaning into their communication styles. She says that it's sexy watching him communicate and also him being shirtless. (laughs) I have in my notes, okay, are you attracted to him or not? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And then she tells him, like, she thoroughly enjoyed watching him take a bubble bath and thank you for letting me watch it. And I'm like, I guess the cameraman thanks you too because I don't know if Michael is absolutely naked in this bath or wearing, like, swimming trunks or something. But there's that. So Austin and Becca, uh, once again, sitting outside. Um, They're by a fire and she says she loved the couple's retreat for all the times they spent with their friends, but Friday was disappointing for her that he talks so much about intimacy and it ended on a poor note. She's tearing up and she's crying and he hugs her. She says it's not just a couple's retreat, that it's just a buildup and she keeps waiting and waiting and it doesn't feel good to beg to be wanted. He says he understands and wants to make it better, but rehashing the conversation of what he thinks um, they have gotten past is not helping. She says, yeah, he has moved past it, but she hasn't gained any clarity. He says, okay, I'm happy to keep talking about it, which came out sarcastic <laughs> because clearly it he doesn't like want to he talk wasn't about happy? it. <laughs> yes. Keep talking about it? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yes. Because, I mean, part of what he told Dr. P is like just talking about it over and over again is exhausting. Like, what else is there to say? He says he thinks that they've made progression. And she says, yeah, we've made out a lot. And she says, but yet then the conversation is always left with a promise and nothing happens. She says talking about it at this point is unhelpful and she just wants him to want her. 
He said he was hoping tonight will end on a good note so they could see what happens, but he feels like that's not happening. But he, it was never happening anyways. But, you know, it, I think she should have tried the tactic of just not saying anything. And if nothing happens, then you can be like, hey, I didn't bring it up. I took all the pressure off of you and you still didn't want to have sex with me. But the more you keep talking about it, and it may be valid, I don't know. He has that excuse or that leg to stand on to say we just keep talking and talking about it that it just ruins the mood. So I think she should have tried just not talking about it for like give or take a few days. And then you have an arsenal in your, I don't know, backpack in your back pocket where you'd be like, hey, I didn't talk about it. I mean, that's one way. I think the other part is I, I don't think it actually matters whether she talks about it or doesn't talk about it. The man does not want to. I know, but I'm saying it to prove a point because he keeps saying, because you keep bringing it up and we keep talking about it, it ruins the mood. But if she doesn't, she can have that as proof like, hey, I didn't talk about it. So really, what is the, like, you can hold his hands to the fire, I think. (laughs) I guess, I think the other part is like, what does holding his hands to the fire get to her to reveal that he doesn't want to sleep with her? I think he reveals that all the time. Yeah, that's true. This is just, I can't wait for all this to unfold because this is really an enigma wrapped in a riddle for me. I think the longer it goes on, the less like mysterious it is to me. I'm like, oh, this man just doesn't want to sleep with her. (laughs) I think the riddle is they seem to get along in all ways. So, I don't know. So, it's the end of the retreat. Emily is still glowing at how well Brennan is taking care of her. Um, She does mention that her wrist still hurts. Throughout the season, we've been speculating if um, the brace that she's wearing on After Party is as a result of this accident or not. We don't know. Um, Brennan helps her pack. We see Austin and Becca. They're packing in silence. And Becca tells us that she's feeling disconnected and sad about how last night ended, that she still had hope. Um, Austin asks if she wants to talk about everything. She says, well, do you want to? She said him not wanting to snuggle was difficult. I'm like, damn, Austin, you keep saying you're going to try and then you just don't cuddle. And then he says, well, the constant rehashing of it is making it challenging. And it's like opening a fresh wound. She says she's nervous because she feels him pulling away. He says he doesn't feel any type of way about her. And he grabs her, hugs her. Um, She says a little kiss goes a long way. And this is an example of where I think, is she asking about sex? Is she asking about affection? Because now she's saying, like, you could have given me a little kiss, but now I'm guessing she just meant the night before? I don't know. Is he starving her for affection? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. know. But he says he feels bad about the first night, that once again, he says, hopefully they can fix that and move forward. So they, I think they've mended fences. I think that's the other thing. Becca and Austin move on really quickly. Exactly, is- and that's a problem. That's a big problem. <laughs> I was about to say that's a good thing, but I guess it's a big problem. <laughs> Those two have the same argument, then decide based on something strange always that actually that argument's over and let's kiss and make up. And then we are forced to watch them have the same argument again a few days later. And I think this goes back to what I was saying about um, Becca. I I don't know. She's never mentioned anything, but I just get the sense like she has like 
not insecure, but she just needs that reassurance. And I don't know if that's her on a regular day or if this is as a result of Austin not wanting to have sex with her, but she needs a lot of reassurance. And part of why they make up quickly is like what she said, I'm feeling that you're pulling away from me. She doesn't want to rock the boat. So she's scared that she's going to lose him, but it's, I don't know, you have to go through the motions of the hard conversation so you can get a resolution. But also in this case, what resolution is there? I don't know. So Emily is done. She says the weekend was long, but there's hope and anything is possible. She's referring to her and Brennan's marriage that she doesn't realize is just a friendship. Um, Michael and Chloe are driving away and they enter a Range Rover. So I'm like, oh, either Michael or Chloe drives a Range Rover. Nice. But also, I think somebody in the comments said that the retreat was like 20 minutes away from Denver? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess they don't have a long drive. It's just a, <laughs> a short drive back home. But um, on their way back home, they stop at this wildlife, um, at they being Austin and Becca. Um, like they have wolves on there, I guess it is. And I felt not crazy because I think when they were driving in, they were the first to get to the retreat. And I think I had mentioned that I thought they were going to stop at like a petting zoo or something like that. And I think it was just a poor edit job. This was probably where when they turned into and they cut and pasted into when they arrived. Um but that was pretty much how it ended. And they showed a lot of them at the petting zoo wildlife place because we don't have any content. But the highlight for me was next week we see that Cameron is back. <laughs> he's, I, I didn't see him with Claire, but he's back and he's talking about something. But it really was, a to me, a filler episode. I mean, a lot happened, but it still felt kind of filler. I mean, we got all the aftermath of Emily's accident, but there truly were no other storylines. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a lot of nothing for an hour and a half. Yeah. And then next week, it's not a fake out. It looks like Chloe's like, she needs space. And I'm like, what? I just, for someone who gets this overwhelmed, why would you come on a show? Like, I don't know. I don't know if that's a fair question to ask. You don't know until you're in it, but... I'm not in it, but we know how much TV sucks the life out of you. Like, why sign up? Much like the repetitiveness of this show can really get me. So I just get tired. I've now officially gotten tired of hearing how overwhelmed Chloe is. <laughs> and honestly, she says it every five minutes. Oh, I'm overwhelmed. Oh, I'm so overwhelmed. This is so overwhelming. The first weekend I was like, okay, you're overwhelmed. Now I'm like, okay, this is your third or fourth episode of this show that I'm watching. I just, it's a lot of, I'm overwhelmed. Well, maybe this is what annoyed Emily. And she was like, why are you overwhelmed on your honeymoon? <laughs> <laughs> you just got here. <laughs> so, Aid, who has your bouquet this week? My bouquet goes to Emily for being a warrior, as Brennan told her. Um, I mean, you don't always have to be strong when bad things happen to you. Um, but she was. I, I mean, she was a trooper. And I'm glad that she took her moment to do a PSA on wearing a helmet because um, I don't think she would have been in, in such good, bad shape if she hadn't um, worn a helmet. So props to Emily for just getting through. Who has your bouquet this week? My bouquet goes to Lauren. 
I don't know how she kept it together, how she was not rude to Orion, how she did not walk out from away from him. I just, I couldn't take it. I just, after the first, can we talk? Can we talk? Can we? I, I couldn't do it. And I'm just, the way she kept herself together and kept her composure, um, kudos to her. Who has your ashes? I am tired of Austin and Becca and their conversations about how they're not having sex. I'm tired. I don't want to hear it. I've heard every single thing they say that I have heard before, and I don't want to hear it anymore. Who has your burnt ashes? I hate to do this two weeks in a row, but Orion. I just, I'm not lying, guys. Every time he comes on my screen, I'm just like, get off my screen. I don't want to hear him talk on their behalf anymore. I don't want him to act. He, you guys, he asked Lauren, do you have a response to what I just... No! Go away! <laughs> Nor am I required to. Nor am I required to have a response to what you're saying. <laughs> a baby girl said, I'm just drinking my wine. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess uh, that's it. <sighs> Uh, yeah, filler. Let's see what happens next week. Or, which is actually this week. So don't forget, guys, we'll be back in just a few days with a new episode on this week's episode. So you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at AlterCallMaths. That's A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. We love hearing from you guys on the socials. We're available anywhere you listen to your podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your comments. Thank you for pointing us out to the things that we sometimes miss. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any new episodes. Give us a five-star rating, if you so please, on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. And like Aid said, we will be back later on this week. Have a good week, guys. Bye. Bye.